It's Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. Pull up a chair and join us. When Leslie Greenman's husband unexpectedly passed away at age 35, she suddenly became a single mother of two boys, and she learned how quickly life can change. She went into the financial industry to empower women with the knowledge and confidence to take action and be prepared. And through her tough experiences of becoming suddenly single, she realized how easily women can be misinformed and even taken advantage of. Her new book, Dating Our Money, offers women the important information they need to confidently make smart choices with money and men. And she's joining us today on Amy's Table. Hi, Leslie. How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for inviting me, Amy. So confidence with money and men, they must have a lot of similarities, huh? I do. I think it's really important to realize, especially when you're going into a relationship, that money is the number one reason for divorce. So it's really important when you are looking at your spouse, your partner, that you and your spouse are, or your partner are on the same line on finances because it does usually end up that there's kind of one spender and one saver. You really need to make sure that you can openly communicate and, and find that middle ground so that it works. In the long run. I, I can completely see that. So as you are talking to a prospective mate, you might be talking about your views on religion, on future children, and that money conversation belongs in there, right? Well, I do it a little more subtly because, I mean, Amy, let's get real. On the first date, you're not going to ask someone for their financial <laughs> statements. I mean, or he'll run, you know, <laughs> run to the door. <laughs> so if you want to know what I do usually on a first date, I usually bring cash with me. And when it's about time for the check to be paid, I offer to pay and I take cash out of my wallet And I say to my date, I usually use cash instead of credit cards. I don't really like credit cards. And literally, the responses by just being silent after that statement are shocking. I mean, on a first date, I've been told, wow, I wish my ex-wife had um, that same philosophy. She racked up 70000 on a credit card and then ran off, and I'm left with the bill. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, you can learn a lot without saying anything. Well, you you have a list of eight ways to outsmart overspending in 2012, and I see that a lot of these actually are are involving the the spouse or, or significant other. And, and you talk about, number one, getting real about your financials. So is that what you mean? Like, hey, I don't, I'm not into credit cards, and how, how do we get real about our financials? Well, I do. Um, I definitely believe that by using cash versus credit card, um, you spend 12 to 18 percent less when you use cash versus credit card. So what I say when I say get real is that a lot of us, as we all know, almost I, I, for, you know, it's horrible. I shouldn't, I should know, but most Americans, the percentage, but most Americans have never even ever created a budget. So getting real is, I think most of us know that we're overspending, we're living beyond our means, but we don't stop and take the time to really analyze it, figure out ways to stop the spending habit and to rein it in. And one of the ways the 
best ways that I think is really using cash versus credit cards because you're not allowed to overspend. And the visual of, you know, giving out cash, it's painful for people and they don't use it. They don't spend it as freely. Well, it, it's that's very true. It's a lot harder to pull out a bunch of money than throw down a credit card for sure. You know, Leslie, you say something that I have a question and that you may not know the answer, but I don't think that particularly wealthy people are always necessarily big spenders, are they? I mean, it seems to me that if anyone has a budget, it is particularly wealthy wealthy people. It may be a big budget, but they certainly know where their money's going. You know, it's really interesting, Amy. Do you want to know what the average million, what type of car, at least this is in one of the books that the the average millionaire drives? I'm guessing it's not a Ferrari. (laughs) It's a Toyota Camry. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting to realize that the truly wealthy people, first of all, understand that cars are one of the fastest depreciating assets, but they really understand that wealth is not in in buying big and fancy and showy items. It really is... um, yeah, and putting your money to work for the long time, yeah. uh, for the long run, and they see it, they understand the potential of it, and they don't just do this impulsive spending very often. Well, you know, you talk about understanding the potential of it. Um, my kids both had a little windfall recently, and I said, you know, so what you need to do is definitely splurge for some of it, but the rest of it, I'd really like to see you invest actively. And we talked a little bit about it. And it's amazing how powerful money can be if you're smart about it. I'm sounding like I'm smart about it. Trust me, I'm not. I'm not. But I mean, it is a powerful tool. It doesn't have to be something that scares you or that you don't get real about. Absolutely. And there's so many just small steps that you can take. And that's where I don't want, I really, when I picked the topic or the name of the book, Dating Our Money, I really started with the idea that we're not an expert at money, at dating, but we dip our toe in. And yes, we make mistakes and um, we have a lot of roller coaster rides, but it's still better to dip our toe in, learn and grow in confidence. Well, that's the same with managing your money. You may not be an expert at the start. I understand that, but that's not a reason to ignore it. Dip your toe in. There's small, easy steps that you can take, like opening a Roth IRA to get started and um, see your money grow. And that is powerful. When you see your money grow, that is powerful. If feels much better than seeing it go out the window when you have to pay a credit card bill from that, you know, spur-of-the-moment purchase. I, you know, it's interesting. I've, um, I can give you one of two different examples, but uh, if you just, a lot of times right now, I think a lot of your listeners are going to be getting back tax return money. And so the average, three quarters of Americans are getting back tax refunds. The average refund is around $3,129. Let's say you're 30 years old and you invest that in a Roth IRA and you make the commitment at 30 years old to invest $3,000 a year until you're 65. Do you want to guess how much that will be worth? Oh, let's uh, let's put it as an 8% return. Now, I'm just throwing 8% out right now. Okay, and I can't do that math, but I'm guessing it's going to sound really good and motivate a lot of people. 
Well, it's <laughs> over a half a million dollars. Yeah. So it's, yeah, 500 and around 78,000. Now, if you wait just until you're 40 to make that same decision and um, d- take the 3000 invest in until you're 65, do you want to know what it costs you just waiting that 10 years? Oh, I can imagine it's not, it's going to be horrifying. What is it? Over a quarter of a million dollars. Yeah. So oh. it's around 236000 So uh, most people, 37% um, percent of people said that they were going to spend their tax returns on buying clothes, electronics, um, and, and going on vacations. Well, again, this is my trying to be the voice of reason that this money is not bonus money, a free spending. If we can get it to work for us, think if you have a half a million dollars, think of all the clothes you can buy without guilt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But isn't there some fine line that you should spend some amount of your money? I mean, after all, it's meant to bring you some pleasure. It's that, you know, how do you figure out what that free spending amount is? And I think that that is absolutely true. I don't want anyone to just live, um, I mean, like a miser and not be able to enjoy their money. But that's where I think it really comes back to kind of getting real, figuring out your goals, making priorities. And I think that you'd be shocked, really, if you just make small commitments, like if you go out to eat and instead of having soda at a restaurant and switching to water, do you know that a family of four can save almost $1,500 a year? Not to mention taking care of their teeth and their waistlines. I mean, let's just call that out there, too. There's another benefit of being smart about your money. You know, that's an interesting thing, Leslie, is that many of the most nutritious foods are not expensive. You know, and and if you buy fewer clothes, but really great ones, they're going to last longer and in the long term be much more cost effective than lots of inexpensive ones. So it's true that, you know, there's lots of good reading in the book. It's called Dating Our Money, A Woman's Guide to Confidence with Money and Men. And Leslie, do you talk about setting up a budget in this book? I do. I help people kind of walk through those steps and answer those questions for them and really help them answer that question, how do I save money when I don't have any extra money? And finding those ways to find money and have it work for them and grow for the future. So you're not saying you can turn anybody into a multimillionaire, but probably no matter where anybody's at in their finances, this is going to provide them some step toward their goals, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think we need to, what it does is also help rein in those impulses, just like we have the impulses to overeat, the same impulses and the same emotions trigger overspending. And it just is kind of raises those red flags that hopefully keep you on track. Right. And don't give up no matter what. Well, I'm going to put all of Leslie's information on amystable.com. But Leslie, we can find more about you. Is it datingourmoney.com? It is. So you do have to spell it out. Dating, D-A-T-I-N-G-R-O-U-R. So datingourmoney.com. Perfect. And we'll put that on amystable.com as well. Leslie Greenman, thanks so much for joining us today. Good information. Lots to think about. Thank you, Amy. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Amy's Table, a girl's guide to living with Amy Tobin on Q102. For more, visit Amy's blog with Q102 online at WKRQ.com.
Peloton's best offer of the season is here. Get up to $300 off accessories when you purchase a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. Choose from a variety of accessories, like our cycling shoes, a heart rate monitor, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. If you've been looking for a sign to join Peloton, this offer gives you everything you need to get going. This limited-time offer ends November 28th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer starts November 14th and ends November 28th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. The Wendy's $3 breakfast deal is here. Get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss croissant plus a small seasoned potatoes. That's a better breakfast for just three bucks in three easy steps. One, wake up. <sighs> Two, get out of bed. <clears throat> and three, head to Wendy's for your $3 breakfast deal. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's $3 breakfast deal. Limited time only. Participating U.S. Wendy's during breakfast hours. Select or request $3 breakfast deal in order to obtain discount. Not valid for all card or combos orders. Price and participation may vary in Alaska and Hawaii.